Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Michael Benjamin's podcast. Welcome back to the Shomrabyog. Welcome back to the digital tiny room. I'm the Michael of Michael um, Benjamin's podcast, and I am joined by the man who is Ireland's leading Hunter S. Thompson enthusiast and impressionist. It's Benjamin. Yeah, <laughs> bats everywhere. Las Vegas. Ah, I, that was <laughs> that was Rick. That was Rick from Rick and Morty. Benjamin. I, in fairness, I think Rick from Rick and Morty is ninety percent on dress Thompson. You have a little sip of your coffee there, Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Very good. A bit of ASMR for the listeners. And why don't you provide us with a bit of a theme music? Do you want me to whisper it? Yeah. <sighs> theme music for the podcast. Don't actually have anything music. Gross. <laughs> Benjamin. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of gross things that had happened in the continuing grossness of the year 2020, um, yeah. legendary legend of screen and stage, but mostly screen and slapping his wife, Sean Connery <laughs> oh, has died. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah, he passed away there. Yeah, passed 90 away there. Look, Ben, as we say on the podcast, he had a good innings. Yeah, 90 is is not early for anybody. Um, It's a good innings, Ben. Yeah, he did very well. He did very well. Uh, Also, probably one of the more iconic faces to to outlast the 60s, despite having not worked in close to 40 years. What do you... What? So, since since the 90s, isn't it? 90s was the last kind of hurrah for Sean Connery, The Rock... Well, he was in The Rock, but he was also in The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Oh, I forgot about The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. The movie L-A-X. that ended his career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was in, when was that? When was The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? I don't know. That was in the, I I'd have to say that. 2007? Was it 2007? If you get this right, Michael, I'll be so impressed. I think it might have been around 2007. But Benjamin, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was not 40 years ago, Ben. It was 13 years yeah, ago. Sorry, so my you, brain forgot. You're, my, my, you're quite a way off there. My brain stopped at uh, Last Crusade. Yes. I just didn't want to go any further. Well, the 80s were definitely the height of his popularity and power. But, I mean, that means, Ben, 90. He's 90 now, so he was 70 in the year 2000, Benjamin. Michael, do you want a bit of bad news? Oh, no. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was 1998. No, it wasn't. It was 2003. Oh, that's not as far off as I thought it was. But that was only only 17 years ago, Ben. Uh, which probably seems like a long time to you, it as you are actually, yeah. <laughs> a, a young fellow, but it's really not a long time ago. But um, Benjamin, he really, you can see why he had no interest in being in Lord of the Rings at 70. Well, would you? Who was he supposed to play in Lord of the Rings? He was going to be Gandalf. Get out of but he read, town. Yeah, he read through the script and he went, what the bloody hell is all of this guy on here? No, I've done him McKellen. <laughs> you, 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 you shall not pass. Yeah, you won't you. do it. I'll you bloody give it. you a slap, boy. I'll give you a slap and send you to the morgue. Yeah. Balrog. You yeah. saucy so, minx. Um, yeah. He was uh, good though, was going to do the he? whole podcast like this now. Mm. In tribute. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um, Excellent. Of course, Michael, we probably can't continue without acknowledging his, his greatest role. Go on. The man who launched a thousand movies and an entire franchise. Bloody James Bond. He was in James Bond, Ben, famously. Famously. Famously, famously James Bond. Yeah, famously one of the actors who played James Bond was Sean Connery. Um, yeah, in no people... way influential on that role at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A second to many people's mind to Timothy Dalton. <laughs> the the esteemed George Lazenby being top Le- of the yeah, yeah. Uh, list. One of the best. He was one yeah, of the best one James of the best Bond. <laughs> all right, ben, look, I... 
I know he's 90. 90 is a good innings, Ben. I, it's, he's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't strike me as tragedy. Like he, he, he retired. He lived out his, his final years with his family in the comfort of being a very rich man. You know, with dementia. Yeah. Did he have dementia? He did. He was struggling oh, with dementia. Shame. But you know, he's 90. Uh, he had a good innings. Benjamin, what else is going on in the world? Nothing. Nothing, Michael. Oh, we've, excellent. We've just celebrated All Hallows' Eve. The world has been cleansed yeah. and we're, we're, we're just waiting now for stuff to happen. Very good, Benjamin. I've been watching, I've been continuing to watch the TV series Hellstrom. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. Still putting yourself through that, are you? Still putting myself through it. Okay. And it's still, it's still on the good side of fine. Well, that's good. That's a win. Yeah, it's, it's fine. That's there was something. a bit of action in this week's episode. There was people doing a high kick. High kick? Um, yeah, people doing a high kick in a leather trouser. It was uh, it was like watching the 90s television again then. The 90s television was back. That's very good. Bloody... Yeah, it was fine. 1998's The Avengers starring Uma Thurman and Ralph Fiennes. Yeah, it was people doing a high kick in a leather trouser, Ben. And he, nice. It's uh, still no connection to the Marvel Cinematic Universe whatsoever. <laughs> Somebody and mentioned seen, a superhero for half a second. They're like, nope, no, 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 no. We don't do that here. I, I've seen people on Reddit going, "Is this a Marvel show?" So uh, yeah, it's fine though. It's it's totally fine. It's grand. Does the job. Yeah, does the job. Uh, Benjamin, the other thing that came out this week was the Mandalar. What did what 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 were we calling it before? Uh, the Cimmerillion. No, that's J.R. Tolkien, Ben. That's the prequel, the mythology of the Lord of the Rings. It's called The Mandalorian. It's about spacemen. Oh, is this? Yeah, is it's this? back this week. I haven't seen it yet, though. I've not watched it yet either, Michael. We're a fantastic pop culture podcast here. What a fantastic uh, pop culture podcast. Really at the, the cutting edge of technology. And Although famously, Ben, no great Star Wars fans are we. That's true, Michael. No great Star, Star Wars fans am I. No great Star Wars fans are you. <laughs> no and great spe- speaking ability people are either of us. Look, Michael, it, as I said, the world's been cleansed. We're all just waiting for things to happen. The, the mouths are new. Everything's new. It's a whole thing. The, the harvest god came and cleansed the world. It's all good. Benjamin. All good, Michael. Yeah. Probably the creepiest and spookiest thing that we discovered this week was that there's another podcast called Michael and Ben's Podcast. Yeah, I don't. The boy, like, look, we're not going to be threatening, right? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But we're, we're 200 and something episodes in. No, we're 180 something episodes in here. Yeah, Benjamin, it's... Uh, you know, we've been saddled with this name after, you know, some people would say an initial poor choice three years ago or <laughs> whatever me. it was. I say yeah, that. it was you. You say that. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what startles me is that someone else would then make exactly the same mistake. Yeah. And well, in fairness, they've added a little thing that lets you know what the podcast is about. It's it's right, are, right, we, right. are we going to say their name on the podcast? I think well, we clearly have already, haven't we? It's Michael and Ben's take on life. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. What's but I do know, Michael... Life? That as yes. a result of that, I want to start a fast food restaurant review podcast with you right. called Michael and Benjamin's Takeout Life. Oh, very good. And just really, you know, really stick Continue to the them. cycle. <laughs> Continue the cycle of bad naming conventions. <laughs> I had a Camille Thai last night, Ben. It was quite good. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I had a spicy chicken, a sweet sweet chilli chicken. I don't know what it was exactly, Ben, but it was nice. It was nice. So if you want some, more of this, ladies and gentlemen, tune in I every some, Thursday morning where our new podcast. I had, ben, I had like, some vegetable spring rolls. They were, you know, are quite greasy, but that's what you get when you get a spring roll, isn't it? They're a greasy little treat. Yeah, this is the, this is the kind of in-depth, like really mm. in-depth analysis that you're going to get on our new podcast. Michael and Benjamin's Takeaway Life.
take out life. It has to be what exact are we, Americans? Yeah, you're fine. 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 Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Is your contention that out is the exact opposite of on? Clearly that I've, I've made a huge mistake, Michael, <laughs> yes. and my yeah, brain's yeah. not working. No, it's but not as working. As I said... Good. As I said, the world's anew, the harvest god came, everything's been cleansed, and we're all yeah. just new babies sitting, waiting for the world to continue. Speaking, Ben, of people whose brains don't work, what yeah. do you think of people who are in cults? <laughs> I bloody got them, Ben. <laughs> you stuck it to them, Michael. Good job. I did. I got them. I got everyone in Nixium. <laughs> Good job. Good job. So, Michael... Hello. Maybe we should clear up the harvest god cleansing the world crap that I've been spouting since okay, the start of this then. podcast. Go on, you, uh, you, you, get a, you have a go with that. Because this week, Michael... Yes. Despite waiting for our lord and saviour, the great pumpkin god, to come and cleanse the world, uh, he didn't because it was a load of hooey, baloney. Hook right, us. go on. Um, and uh, yeah, it turns out all of it was, was fake, Michael. And that got me thinking. We should do an episode on space cults. Right, go on. And so we've decided to do that, Michael, and we've decided to tackle... Uh, cults are quite common in fiction, Michael. If you ever want a spooky boogeyman or a shadowy cabal of sinister people pulling strings behind the scenes, you, you make them a cult. Or a shadowy government organisation. Or a shadowy government organisation. And if you really want to go for the, the heavyweight title, you make it a shady, shadowy government organisation that is secretly a cult. Oh, um, like in uh, Lex. Yeah. Remember that? Lex is a weird show. Yeah. Yeah, let's not talk about Lex. Okay. I feel like talking about Lex will conjure Lex and then we'll have to watch Lex. I think we might have to watch Lex, Ben. Oh, no, we've got to watch Lex. So, <laughs> Michael, in general... It's one of the most unpleasant shows ever made, Ben. It's so weird. It's very strange. It's it's so weird. Are we going to talk about Lex, the TV show Lex? I think Lex? we might now. I think we might have to swing back to Lex later. Okay. Go on. We'll, we'll swing Lex. back to it. We'll swing back to it. So actually, Michael, one of the best examples I can think of of, of kind of cult-like behaviour in recent iterations is The Boys, season two. Oh, yeah, the old lads down the old Church of Enlightenment. The old Church of Enlightenment, which definitely isn't mocking a real-life version. Um, yeah, Scientology. Oh, fuck. You know there's an algorithm somewhere that's searching for any mention of it and we're about to end up in litigation hell. Oh, no. <sighs> or they, they don't go to hell in Scientology, though. Do they? they we'll go to litigation engrams. Yeah, something like that. Or we'll be locked yeah. in a room and tortured until we convert. Take ah, look, I'm all right with that. As, <laughs> as long as I'm getting some sort of attention from someone. Michael, in fairness, I think you are probably the most cult-resistant man <laughs> that I know. Ah, oh, Ben, you're one of the biggest cult, cults, cult, <laughs> uh, cultists I've ever met. Benjamin, one of the biggest cultists. Yeah, anyway, anyway. <clears throat> one of the best depictions of cult-like behaviour is probably The Boys Season 2 when the Deep and A-Train kind of get indoctrinated. Well, they don't. That's That's not actually what happens. What happens is they start with a fresca. Yeah, they have a fresca, Ben. And it kind of very, very, very lightly encapsulates the predatory actions of cults, as in yeah. finding people at their nadir, for example, the deep. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And then being like, hey, hey, buddy, you're great. Do you want to come and join our gang? You're great. Do you want to be in my gang? And then they offer you a fresca. Mm hmm. Horrid and stuff. It, traditionally, I think it's probably a Gatorade or a Kool-Aid, mm. as the vernacular would go, don't drink the Kool-Aid. <clears throat> yes, I see. But yeah, and then we kind of see slowly how they use the deep 
to indoctrinate other people and polish up his image with a, a fake wife from their cult. Yeah. And then he in, he in turn kind of recruits A-Train. Yeah, the interesting thing, Ben, of course, is the kind of step by step. They got someone who's a little bit famous, the archer, the golden archer, the yellow archer, whatever his name Hawk, was. I think it's something, Eagle Hawk. Or- Haw- uh, Eagle the archer. Eagle the archer, that's it, good man. And then they get him and then he gets the deep who's kind of disgraced and then he gets A-Train. So... You know what I mean? They they use their connections to, to step it up and then they discard each one along the chain as they get a more famous one. It's pretty interesting. And then ultimately they get Tom Cruise. No, uh, the, the, the A-Train. The A-Train. The A-Train. The A-train. <laughs> the but even A-Train is kind of like, eh, eh. I'm not so convinced by this. But they get him in though. Yeah. And one of my favourite moments in in that season is where the deep has enough and he's like no I've given you so much money already I don't want the next level <laughs> yeah I don't want any more engrams you've already taken all my money mm. and that kind of cultish behaviour Michael is is littered littered throughout science fiction and spacey wasted timey wimey stuff go on uh, so there are lots of different factors when we look at stuff like that um, for example someone might say to you oh you're, you're interested in pop culture and you'd yeah. say, yeah, yeah, man. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like, oh, that's, I'm really interested in pop culture as well. We have such similar interests. And you go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. And then they'd say, well, look, look, why, why don't we have a chat about it? And why don't we record the chat about it? And you go, yeah, yeah it seems harmless. That seems fun. Yeah, it seems harmless A nice enough, way to yeah. explore an interest and feel valued as a yeah. member of a community. And then they say, well... Well, now we have to keep doing it because we put one out now and we really couldn't stop. And you say, but yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, until it gets good. And it's like, oh yeah, only if it gets good. Only if it gets good. Only if we get like a lot of audience and, and you know, it, there's a big uptake on it. And then we'll keep doing it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not me, Michael. No, not me. Somebody. No, it does sound, this does sound very familiar, Ben, though. Yeah. It sounds more like you're talking about the podcast that you've been roped into. <laughs> and then they say, well, look, we'll keep going past 200 episodes because that's yeah. when we'll really start to get an uptake. That's where we'll see it. We'll We'll probably relaunch from episode one after that and then we'll really be on the up. And then you'll find yourself saying things like, oh man, uh, Rick Rick is so right. Things will get better after episode 200. And you kind of you kind of drink the cold glass of water that's given to you with every episode. I see what you're saying here. You're implying that I'm sort of cult leader, Ben. Yeah. But, Ben, I think you'll find that if I were some sort of cult leader, I'd have some followers. <laughs> we don't My Instagram any. has 13 followers, Ben. He's a son of a bitch. <laughs> um, you are very charismatic, though, Michael, and probably could start oh, a cult you. if you want. Uh, my, look, I'll give it a go. I'll start next week. Join the cult. I'm going to call it Nexium. I'm going to get Alison Mack from Stamolville. She's going to be my first recruit. Oh, God. I think she's kind um, of open to that sort of thing generally. If you'd like to hear more about the traditional cults, you can listen to our previous episode on cults called A Pack of Cults. Oh, did we do an episode on cults? Yeah, but we haven't done an episode on space cults. That's what we're doing, oh, very space good. Okay. cults. So, Michael, I've broken up the cults, having done more right, research in my time, into a couple of different categories. So, very good. One of the most common ones that we'll see is, is kind of the reluctant god or icon, where one person has a cult built around them, and they're kind of like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Kind of a life of Brian situation, where you're like, he's mm. not the messiah, he's a very he's naughty a very boy. Naughty and he's like, boy, I'm not your yeah. messiah, leave me alone. Uh, right. So we have a little bit of that. Okay, I'd like to hear about some of those, Ben. So, the the number one one is the first half of the book Dune. Oh, I've I've read the book Dune. By Frank Herbert and mm. pa- young young Paul Atreides. Everyone's like, you're the Muad'Dib. You're the Muad'Dib. And he's like, no, 
I'm no. not the deep. There's no such thing as prophecies and gods. No. Yeah. No, no. Don't do a jihad. Don't do a jihad. And then he gets everything taken away from him and he goes, do you know what? I will do a jihad. We're going to do a jihad. <laughs> yeah, but um, isn't that an interesting take on the kind of danger of being a cult figure, even if you don't initially embrace it? Because the, the power of it was corrupting. Ultimately, incredibly corrupting, Michael. Mm. And very often he's like, shouldn't have killed my wife, now I'm going to do a jihad. Yeah, it's not great. You don't, don't go killing wives. Yeah, do they kill his wife or his child? They kill his child, don't they? Which one? In in June. Oh yeah, they kill his child. Yeah, no, they kill his yeah, child. Yeah, his first child dies, yeah. And then he's like, that's it, jihad. Jihad. <laughs> that's it, lads. Get that's the it. jihads. We're yeah, off on the jihad. I am the Muad'Dib. You were right. I was the Muad'Dib the whole time. Let's the go. The whole darn time. Mm. And that's a pretty good example for me in recent memory mainly because I've read the book quite recently but that's a really good one for me but then there's an inversion of that trope Michael and it's exactly what you said it's people drinking their own uh, Kool-Aid and kind of thinking that they are the chosen one you'll find that a lot in the Star Wars Michael go on there's always there was a bit of debate in the final three films Michael as to whether Luke was one of the chosen ones or Leia was the important one we had a little bit Mm. of back and forth like oh maybe Leia's stronger than Luke oh Oh, yeah! look at her floating in space. Look at her floating in space. And there's a little bit of that, but Leia never gets sucked into that, whereas Luke kind of drank the Kool-Aid and then yeah. botched it all up and kind of ended up living as a hermit on a planet with no followers whatsoever. So he's, um, he's, uh, yeah, Luke really does commit to that lifestyle, doesn't he? He does. No, he He's gives like, in. Uh, I'll go in. I'm in. I'm buying into everything. What do I need to do? How many hermits do I need to be? Start a temple. Bloody yeah. get some Padawans. Bloody Hollow out this tree and <laughs> start exactly, worshipping it. Do exactly what my dad did and try to kill some younglings. And then, oh, it bit me in the ass. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah he's, he does get sucked in a bit, doesn't he, old Luke? He does. This is not the first and only time we'll be mentioning Star Wars on this particular podcast, but it's an excellent example of the reluctant icon. Uh, mm. Probably less so in, in general cult status, but any kind of main character in a lot of sci-fi films will end up having a following where people are like, you're the chosen one. Neo. And they're like, no. No, I'm not. No, no I'm, I'm not. just I'm, Mr. Johnson. I'm Mr. Anderson. And I'm yeah, just to be was, left alone. Mr. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mr. Anderson. I want to be left alone. But you'll see it again in... Kind of, I, one of the interesting ones, it's not in space though, so I can't use it, but it would have been Demolition Man, where he's like the most reluctant icon of all time. And everyone's like, ooh, the 90s were such a different time. Look at they this were. big bad Stallone. Sean Connery was still acting. Sean Connery was still acting. Not the 80s, as previously no. thought. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so that's the reluctant icon thing. Then we have the probably the one that most people are familiar with, which is the lead sheep. Go on. Uh, recruitment for things like that. So these are the the very willing, entirely devoted, bordering mm. on maniacal followers of a particular order, cult, ideology, whatever you yeah, want yeah, to call yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, one one of the primary examples of that would be from The Expanse, Michael. I've not seen much of The Expanse, Ben. Why don't you tell mm. me about it? The Expanse is very interesting, Michael. So the Church of Latter-day Saints is still a thing in The Expanse. The Mormons. Yes, they have survived. They have survived much of the time and their order is still going very, 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 very strong. Probably because they have so many wives. Probably. There's a lot of of stuff going on there that allows them to have many, many children and legions of followers in the future. Oh. So anyway. That's interesting, Ben. It is, isn't it? 
It is. <gasps> that is interesting. And what happens with the L uh, Expanse and the Church of Latter-day Saints, it, also known the as Mormons, Mormons yeah. by the way, in case... Oh, you beat me to it there, Michael. Well done. Yeah, the Mormons, yeah. The Mormons. Yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things about them is that they've kind of gone off and built their own planet. The planet of the Mormons. The planet of the Mormons. It's a huge <laughs> right. machine planet, Michael, that's self-sustaining. And they went off and built this quietly. So when the rest of the world was moving out into the stars, the Church of Latter-day Saints went, you know what? We're grand. We'll We're going to build Utah thing. in space. Yeah, we'll do our own thing. You're grand. And then yeah. off they went. And they. And how uh, many wives are you allowed to have on the planet of Mormon? I'm assuming as many as you like, Michael. <laughs> oh, excellent. Is seven the limit? Is seven I the limit? Know. I don't know enough about the Church of Mormon. Can any Mormons who listen to the podcast get in touch with us, please? And let us know. How many <laughs> yeah. wives do you have? How many would you like to have? I'm sure we're going to have so many Mormon listeners who are going to stick with us after this episode. Stacks. Um, so, they occasionally cross paths with some of the main characters throughout The Expanse. And they're they're that wonderful, creepy kind of pleasant until oh, very you, interesting. Until you don't do what they want. And then they're that really scary kind of pleasant. I wonder when they wrote the script, Ben, originally, was it the Scientologists? And they decided to make it the Mormons because the Mormons are less litig- litigious L- than the less Scientologists. <laughs> In fairness, I think the, the Expanse belongs to Amazon now. Right. And I think the only company that can probably fully beat their chest in the face of Scientology is Amazon. I mean, it certainly seems to be heading that way, doesn't it? Because Jeff Bezos has his own cult going. Like, he's yeah. fine. Yeah, and the worshippers all worship in warehouses it's a bit, and on it's, the line. Exactly, it's Mammon. You, it's, you know, the great god Mammon. Money, baby. Yeah. Yeah, it's so weird. It's, it's fine. He can take him. He can take him. So join us next week, ladies and gentlemen, where we'll be streaming the live fight of Jeff Bezos versus <laughs> the Church of Latter-day Saints and Scientology. Yeah. I don't know if the Church of Latter-day Saints and Scientology will be terribly inclined to team up. No, but they'll take them one after the other. They'll, they'll, oh, one after the other. Okay. Yeah, right, it's right, grand, right. and he'll still wipe the floor with both of them. I'd pay to see. I'd pay to see Amazon un unregulated capitalist greed versus the cults. That would be amazing. In fairness, Scientology I'm, is pretty much unregulated capital greed. <laughs> oh well, Ben, you just said something very negative about Scientology, and <laughs> I've had some friends who will be coming around your house to talk to you later in a black sedan. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. That's going to be great. Very good. Go- you good? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay, sorry. I thought yeah, you had just a... Getting, uh, I just get a little message there in my earpiece. <laughs> cool. Cool. I am actually mildly nervous about this now. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I might just... ask you to edit that out. Because I, They're just going to send Tom. Really want to just Tom's going to be coming around your gaff. <laughs> Tom? Directly. Yeah, Tom. They're sending Tom the, the big guns. Yeah. No, they're sending the big guns. Not physically big guns. Physically quite small. But, you know, in terms of clout. Litigiousness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, he, what he lacks in body mass, he more than makes up for in litigiousness. I don't think he ever has to be litigious because they've got the machine behind him. What's so now? Let's stop talking about Scientology. <laughs> Space cults, Um So moving on. Yes. From that, there are several examples of that. Um, mm. And the the kind of the lead sheep element of it, the the religious separatist idea in science fiction has become very popular. The idea that certain religions set out on their own when humanity began to expand itself into the universe is nothing yeah. new. That's been going since the sixties. One of the one of the most famous examples of that would be from Arthur C. Clarke, who was a huge science fiction writer back in the day. 
Yeah. He's dead now. He's dead now. And mm-hmm. he came up with a version of it called uh, Song of the Silent Earth. There's a basically the mass exodus of Earth. Right. And that idea was very much that um, different religions went out into different places and different civilizations moved to other places and they colonized different planets. And it's kind of a little trip around different planets and you find the Church of Latter-day Saints, for example, the Roman Catholic Church, for example, has mm. their own planet. It's all oh. very interesting and strange. Oh, um, that sounds interesting. It, it's a shame that it wasn't more focused on in the book. The religious aspect is not focused on as much as other ramifications, but there are small sections about it, and it's pretty, pretty darn interesting, Michael. That does sound pretty interesting, then. Yeah, yeah. So that was the lead sheep mm. uh, angle of it. And then, Michael, we come to my favourite. Your favourite type of cult. And probably the most common, the desperate masses, Michael. Oh, go on. Uh, and this probably falls into the field of forced indoctrination. Go on. And uh, as you know, Michael, because you indoctrinated me so effectively. Uh, into the tiny in, room, yeah, into Chambre Bug. Indoctrination through exposure to various influences in line with your way of thinking, you convert other people to your belief mm. system. Yeah. Usually not in the most pleasant of ways. Yeah, you might uh, record some videos of them and use it to blackmail them. For example, Michael, if there was a cultist behind you right now, yeah, and they were looking for a prime candidate. They'd look at you and go, "Nah, you know what? Don't need the headache. That's going to take yeah. forever." He's got a hood. Whereas, if they yeah. peek in my window, they go, "I'll be in and out five minutes. Have him yeah. on board." Job. Look at this fella. Easy peasy job. And my only Just, hope would be, Michael, is that yes. you don't want anybody stolen from your cult. So you come and get me. Oh yeah, yeah. That's I, that's how I'd get you. I'd rescue. I'd send Alison Mack personally to <laughs> rescue you from our rival cult. Because she was in Smallville, remember? <laughs> she was, yeah. Jesus. Then she went mad, though, Ben, and started recruiting people for a real-life cult. No, joke, it's real. I know, we did a whole episode on it, Michael. It's mad. <laughs> so anyway, that indoctrination angle is probably the most popular for science fiction and space stuff. So uh, the, the, the example that always sticks out firmly in my mind, Michael... Uh, And this falls into the whole hypnosis, um, you know, forced belief systems and stuff like that. Brainwashing. Brainwashing. Your your classics of cult-like behavior. And the the one that sticks out to me a lot, Michael, is Riddick. The Chronicles of Riddick. The Chronicles of Riddick. And the the Necromongers. The Necromongers? Yeah, Carl Urban. They just just had uh, Thandie Newton. Yes. And she'd be like, oh, hello, I'm Thandie Newton. Would you be like to be in my cult? And I'd be like, well, let me just have a quick chat with Alice and make sure it's all right. But then we'll both be along to join in a few moments. <laughs> Who bloody cares what Alison thinks? I mean... Well, um, you just run it by her just in case you went mad. Fair. Fair. Yeah. It's very kind of you to consider the the feelings of your followers as you yeah, move exactly, forward. Yeah, exactly. So we're merging cults, lads. We're taking this cult and we're going and joining Tandy Newton. I don't know what their beliefs are as of yet, but she had a nice outfit on and she was very convincing. Sold. Yeah. Sold. So the Necromongers are kind of fascinating um, within that kind of space idea because they are a huge colonizing force in space. They are literally moving from one end of the universe to the other. Yeah. Colonizing and destroying everything in their path. Yeah, they're no use. Uh, They're not great. They're not great, Michael. One of the big differences, I think, between... One of my favourite narratives is the false cult, where people are just indoctrinated towards a false belief system. Yeah. So... It turns out to be wrong. 
yeah, coming back to Dune, it's very much a critique of cult-like thinking and the fact that nobody is really worthy of your body and soul and mind. It, it doesn't mm. work that way. And even before Paul Atreides becomes the Muad'Dib, his father, Duke Leto, inspires an almost cult-like following from his men, the likes of Gurney Halleck or, you know, I, the other names escape me now. I don't know why, but anyway. Did you say uh, his father, Jared Leto? His father, Jared Leto. Yeah. Okay, good. That's, yeah. As long as that's clear. Yeah. <laughs> inspires a cult-like following. Um, yep. And if you don't, he sends you a dead mouse in the post. <laughs> yeah. And it's a pretty effective strategy because I don't like dead mice in the post. So... What I was saying there is what makes the Necromongers different is they do have a god. Their their figurehead seems to be embodied with power beyond what is earthly or capable or human mm. at all. He has a weird ghosty face. This is often the weird distinguishing thing between... And it, this even goes back... Hold on, Ben. I'm going to take a segue to the X-Files. And, Go on. and I, I'm sure I've talked about this before on, on this show, but in the X-Files, you have Mulder, the believer. Yes. And Scully, the skeptic. Yes. And the whole time it's presented as though Scully is rational and scientific and realistic and intelligent and Mulder is a bit of a flight of fancy lunatic. Oh, no. But Ben, in that world, Scully is wrong. Yeah. She's a big dumb idiot. Yep. Because she's wrong. Mulder's right. Every time. Every single time. He's always right. And like, if she's relying on the scientific method in that universe, she's wrong. Mm -hmm. And many of the people in cults in science fiction, Ben, are right. Yeah, that's the that's the most interesting part, because quite often. (laughs) Yeah. Now, they might be evil. Like, they might be evil or misguided or something like that, but they are still factually right. They believe in this being or entity who says it's going to do this thing. And it can and does do the thing. Yeah, it bloody does. <laughs> it, it, they can and, it's not like other religions in real life, Ben, where it's all made yuppie. It's, these are real things that the real things can happen in that universe. Yeah, and that's... so. It's actually the more rational position <laughs> in those universes to be in that cult. Yeah. Unless unless your argument is against what the cult stands for. But if your argument is just you're misguided to be believing in all of this, that's wrong because it's real. Yeah. It's real and true. Yeah. But the argument against it should be, look, I know that uh, Bahafelthop is real but he's a prick <laughs> he's an so, awful piece of work like that lad from Nexium. don't be joining him he's just a bit of a prick yeah it doesn't matter if Alison yeah. Mack brought you to a seminar just get out of there hey Thandy what's up what's up, uh, what's up so in general Michael that's a, a perfectly valid point but yeah when you look at the Necromongers they're bloody their weird religion is accomplishing it's, real. its task <laughs> and it's real it's, yeah. they're like join the necromunders and you can go to the heavy side lair or whatever the hell it's called and it's true it's real and it's true yeah and it's, it's bizarre it's gross and horrible and wrong but it's, it is real 
one of my favorite things about the Necromongers, Michael, is that it, it's very quick world building in, in their regard. Like we're exposed to their mantra very early on, which is you keep what you kill. Mm. Which is very simple and very appealing if you're a big brutish lad like yourself. Um, yeah, like Carl Urban. Carl Urban is a big fan. But it also critiques the notion of blind belief. So, for example, Tandy Newton, your mm-hmm. favourite, and Carl Urban are not believers in their immortal god. They just believe that he happens to be a particularly buff you know, fellow, fellow, and he has yeah. a bit of a, a bit of an advantage in the fact that he has a weird, spooky head that runs ahead of him. Yeah, and they're like, we can probably, we can probably sneak up behind him and stab him. Exactly, I and reckon. they're constantly like, we could just. I reckon we could just sneak up behind him and stab him. Get Alison Mack to distract him. Get her to bring him to a seminar. <laughs> then we'll sneak up behind and give him an old stab, and then we'll be in charge. Join us next week for our brand new podcast, Return of the Mac, where we look at the upcoming probation hearings of Alison Mac. (laughs) She was in a cult, Ben. It's gross and horrible. I know I'm joking about it a lot, but she, like, she, she brainwashed a lot of poor innocent (laughs) women into something horrible. It's not funny, Alison Mac. So, coming back to, coming back to that idea of forced indoctrination, the, the necromongers murder anyone who refuses to join their cult. Mm, Like Judy Dench. Like Judy Dench or Keith David, yeah, Keith David. They don't. He's a, is he is he Muslim? He's Muslim. Well, you see, yeah. this is the thing. So the Muslim faith, Islam, has has transcended Earth and gone to the stars. Hmm. And he pops up in the first Riddick movie in the same role as you know a devout Muslim in the face of horrible monstery things that eat people. Yeah, it's very interesting. Although- no, no hint in that first movie that there's a giant megalithic space cult roaming across all known space or in any of the follow up movies. It's a weird aberration, Chronicles of Riddick, isn't it? Yeah, it just stands out. It's, it's very different to the original and mm. completely unmentioned in the sequel. Yeah, despite all the weird supernatural powers and gods and monsters. And it's, yeah, yeah it's a weird one. Yeah. There's I, a lot of them. Um, there's a lot of similarities between Chronicles of Riddick and John Carter of Mars. Yeah, fair. In terms of like the ethereal beings who are powering this weird cult thing. And yeah, it's um, there are similarities there. Anyway, it's irrelevant. Go it's on, not irrelevant. Going, it's, it's pretty interesting. So they, one of my favorite scenes in that, one of the only uh, scenes that I would, I would call very, very good in it, is where we see the formerly indoctrinated he's kind of like a vizier or a I, I think he's probably a riff on a mentat from Dune there's the right. weird guy who's sent to hunt down Riddick yeah and he has the weird little skull cap thing mm-hmm. and it turns out he's from Riddick's original home planet yeah and he Furious. was indoctrinated decades ago yeah and his his kind of whole system collapses he gives up he he drops that facade and gives in to reality again. It's just a really interesting scene where all the indoctrination fades away and he's like, eh, I'm just going to go die now. Bye-bye. Yeah, all right, I'm off. I've betrayed my entire life in existence. Never mind. You're the last of the Furians now, so you're you're going to have to sneak up behind Carl Urban's mate and stab him. <laughs> Carl Urban's mate. Join the Necromongers. Carl Urban's mate. But that kind of death cult has a weird position in space fiction <laughs> because Thanos is the same in Avengers. Oh, oh yeah, he's obsessed with death. He's obsessed with death, but it's a cult. That's what Thanos <laughs> runs. 
Is it a cult, though? Because he doesn't have that many followers. No, but his followers speak of him in, well, one of his followers, in fairness, the uh, Nidge from Love Hate. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Ebony Maw? Ebony Maw, yeah. <laughs> Terrible name. Yeah. <laughs> but Ebony Maw gives his little sermon every time he steps up to the plate and he's like, Be- rejoice for you are dead at the hands of Thanos. And it's it, weird. It's cult language. And his bloody vanguard, his his little crew of lads are yeah, called the children looks. of Thanos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it, Thanos uses weird, culty-wulty, nasty stuff. Language. Yeah. To try and indoctrinate people. And it works because we see a really early example of indoctrination in the form of Gamora. Yeah, he stole her as a kid and, and raised her in the cult. But he has that whole speech about balance and, and looking away and seeing the essential need for balance in the universe. It's real weird. It's real weird. Mm. And then one day the Kool-Aid wears off for Gamora. Really apropos of nothing, because we're just introduced to Gamora and they're like, oh, I don't like this anymore. And then she runs off. Yeah, but she's like, yeah, I affect this. That's expanded on a bit later. But like, it's interesting that that idea of a death cult spanning empires is quite so present in space Hear fiction. me, yeah? Hear me, yeah? And rejoice, yeah? You are about to die, yeah? At the hands of the children of Thanos, you know? Yeah? Be thankful, though, that your meaningless lives are now about to contribute to the balance, yeah? That's excellent. Thanks. That was, I did it as Nidge. That was very good. I did it as Nidge rather than as uh, Ebony Maw. That is a deep cut RTE riff joke. Yeah, yeah thank you very much. Well done. I could. I, I can't remember what Ebony Maw sounded like. I, I did spend a while learning that in his voice, but now I forget what he sounds like. He Hear does a big kind rejoice. of British you upper class thing. About, yeah, I can't remember what it sounds like though. Doesn't matter, Ben. Let's carry on. Uh, you anyway. are about to die at the hands of the children of Thanos. There you go. That's It's kind That's of it. there. That's it's it. around there. It's around there. Yeah. Good yeah. Good job. Yeah. What, anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to die. Yeah. yeah. At the hands, of, At the Thanos, hands of my yeah. Lord Thanos. Yeah. Right, Ben. Get on with it. Come on. Sorry. Sorry. Got caught up. Got caught up. Um, so, uh, Michael, that brings us to my, my last category in all this. And all that's right, the on. Forgotten. Um, right, and that's the, the the most predatory aspect of it is where you prey on the people who've been left behind by society. Ah, uh, that's always happening in Buffy. That's not in space, but it is always happening in Buffy. Yeah, you find the you find the little you find the little lost people, and you get them. Yeah, like in uh, Marvel's The Runaways. Like in Marvel's The Runaways. Yeah, not or in the space. actress Alison Mack. <laughs> Alison <laughs> or Alison Mack um, yeah. Michael the the best example I can think of that happening well no it's not the best example but it's very very relevant to the topic it's bloody Anakin Skywalker oh how interesting Anakin Skywalker yeah is a bloody young fella who is a slave yeah. let's not he's forget he's a slave yeah on the he's planet a slave Naboo okay he doesn't wear the armor like his daughter in future episodes of Star Wars, but he's a slave. He doesn't have the slave suit. Oh, that is his daughter. Um, it's not Naboo, is it? It's Tatooine. Tat- yeah, he's on Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This Initially. is pod racing. And so, uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, yeah. a priest by any other name, yeah. or a monk, whichever you yeah. prefer, comes along and he's like, oh, you're the chosen one. Yeah. He says, he's like, I've got a very particular set of skills. 
I'm going to lift you out of all this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, sweet ass, man. Sweet ass. <laughs> now this is pod racing. And he tries <laughs> to use his weird Jedi mind powers on the yeah. alien slave owner. And the slave owner is like, no, nah, that shit doesn't work on me. Your weird no, space religion is bollocks. Yeah, nope. Get out of here. <laughs> Not doing that. So anyway... Then, Qui-Gon Jinn, quite frankly, starts to spout some rubbish that sounds an awful lot like level, Levels and Thetans, where he's mm-hmm. like, midichlorians, baby. You're, f- you're full of midichlorians. You're, you're full of them. <laughs> you're full of you them. You can't see Genoa. them, but they're everywhere. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? You're full yeah. of midichlorians, you are. You're full of them, you are. Yeah. <laughs> Would you ever give over? Anyway, <laughs> he does this. He then, he's like, and then the kid is like, oh, cool, you're going to lift me and my mum out of it. He's like... Oh, oh, I now, didn't say anything about news. a parental figure a guardian. Yeah, she doesn't have that many midichlorians, you see. Oh, I don't know about that now. Don't know about that. That She's- is shit. That is shit. He's a shit. He's an absolute shit. He just left his mom there. He wouldn't have gone mad if he le- hadn't left his mom there. <laughs> what did he do that for? What an absolute shit. But again... You're blaming a child for the rationale of what an adult no, should be. No, I'm not blaming the child. I'm blaming Qui-Gon Jinn. I'm blaming the cult. Oh, good, good, good. Because that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Then. I think there weren't enough women in leadership in that cult. Then, Michael, he yeah. has to subscribe to a very strict set of rules, which include. You not have any sexes. No sex. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. No attachment. 2020, Ben. Yeah. And no strong emotions. Yeah. Get out of here. Right? Yeah. But yeah, he's then apprenticed fault. to another priest. Yeah, a young an priest. Inter- in an undetermined amount of time. A sexy young priest, though, this time. And yet he's not supposed to have attachments. Hmm. And my favourite thing about this is one of the best franchises to come out of the Star Wars universe is the Clone Wars cartoons by Dave Filioni. Yeah, you like And they explore the extreme limits of that kind mm-hmm. of lifestyle because within the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan Kenobi falls in love. With and who? With Anakin? She's um, a Mandalorian. A Mandalorian? He Her falls- name is Amanda Lorian. <laughs> a Mandalorian. Yeah. <laughs> right. She's a lovely woman. Her- Miss Lorian to you. <laughs> but he falls in love with a Mandalorian and that's, that's all explored and that kind of <laughs> temptation of the faith. <laughs> Is there, and uh, it's it's pretty interesting. But then, Michael, not only does he not reach the next level of the cult, because he's constantly told, we do not grant you the rank of master, and he's like, what the fuck? What do I have to do? <laughs> what do I have to do? And yeah. it's like, yeah, well, fair enough, you are the most powerful. Yep, no, that's fair. And you're very promising, and you're probably going to get more powerful, but no, no, no rank of master for you. And no, then... Can't have it. His mother dies... Yeah. And Yoda gives him an old scolding. Yoda's like, oh, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have gotten annoyed. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, oh, I'm fault. sorry. My mum died. Yeah. <laughs> what a dick am I? <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So unpleasant. <laughs> the it's really their own fault, isn't it? And it's a load they brought of themse- They brought it on themselves, Ben. Yeah. It, it just, it, it happened. And that indoctrination happens in waves. He is not the only young child to be snatched away at a young age. Do you know how I know that? Because he goes in and he kills all of them. At the end a lot of, the of other ones, yeah, who've been stripped away from their parent figure. Par- yeah, they're not, I, I don't know if I'd let my child go off and join the Jedi. No! Are they, are they essentially Tibetan monks, though? That's, so it's a fusion. Like, 
the 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 robes themselves are very much <laughs> the robes themselves are very much Roman Catholic Church Benedictine monk colors and yeah. style, but then yeah. the, the whole warrior monk concept is exceptionally Buddhist. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Um, but again, their yeah. religion is real. Exactly, it's actually true what they're saying. Yeah. It's just probably not necessary that they're not allowed to touch a girl. <laughs> yeah. I've yeah. sent you a picture, Ben. Yeah, of Miss Lorian, which is now going yeah. up on it's the, the Instagram at some point. Well, I haven't drawn that, Ben, so that would be stealing. So we, oh, you, we haven't use... drawn that, have we not? Okay, sorry, I thought no, it was ben. an official character from something. <laughs> I don't think so. I think it's a bit of fan art. Benjamin. Yeah. You know when... You're having when you're when you're creating religion, Ben. You often use a quasi-mythological, semi-real someone from the from the depths of history who you know. There's probably a hint of real person in them somewhere. Yeah, but most of it's probably just myth mythology and stuff that's built up around <laughs> the idea of that person and the real person who may or may not exist and probably didn't exist is probably so far removed from the stories of them that the religion which is based on that person, um, if that person ever could come back, if they ever existed in the first place, they'd probably be quite shocked to see what the religion was. Yeah, I'll take who is Jesus Christ for 600, Alex. Oh, oh very good, Benjamin. Now, I was thinking more, Ben, let's say about uh, 1500 years ago, you had a kind of noble warrior leader figure who united all of the tribes Oh. And then his life was codified into a series of books, which became the basis for the morals and laws of his society. I see. Yeah. So, I mean, you could go Jesus Christ if you wanted. You could also go the Prophet Muhammad if you wanted, Ooh. Ben. But I'm talking about Kales. Of course. Of I'm course. talking about Kales from the Klingon Empire, Ben. Oh, yes. The Klingon Empire. Of course. Yeah, the Klingon of Empire, course. Ben. Kales was a kind of a warrior ascetic who who united the tribes of the Klingon Empire in in the olden days. Look at that. But the interesting thing in Star Trek, Ben, is uh, despite the entirety of Klingon culture being based around the sayings and the beliefs of Kales, they actually clone him. What? In the present day, in Star Trek. That's mental. So they find a piece of his DNA and they clone him. That's and originally everyone's like, oh my God, Kales is back. It's a miracle. It's the second coming of Jesus, of Kales. Of Kales. It's the second coming of Kales. And everyone's like, ah, it's probably not though, is it? Because, you know, that's religion and that's probably not real. But it turns out he's a clone, Ben. And then the whole Klingon Empire is torn asunder thinking, do we follow the clone? Is he Kales? I mean, he's genetically Kales. But does that mean that he has the same beliefs as us in the modern Klingon Empire? Yeah, see, it gets tricky, doesn't it? It's one of the best cults. I, I, I really enjoy the cult of Kales, Ben. The cult of Kales. It's pretty interesting, yeah. Michael. It's Michael, one of the best ones. I have yes. one more to ask you about here. Because if we're talking indoctrination and we're talking yeah. forced servitude and we're talking it dying for your emperor and stuff like that, it's hard to get through mm-hmm. a space cult episode without touching on Warhammer 40k. For the emperor! Yeah, exactly. Indoctrination is pretty much the default setting Mm. throughout that bloody universe. There are a couple of examples. The one that's most commonly known as the Space Marines, Michael, which is a cult by any other name. They're they're worshipping a corpse, essentially. Well, 
again though Ben so in Warhammer 40,000 Ben the Emperor was uh, is was all of humanity's all of early humanity's psychic might combined into one being ooh so on the primordial earth Ben magic existed but they didn't really understand that it existed in the form magic and psychic powers are indistinguishable in the Warhammer universe Ben okay so it's the force essentially you know it's the force oh and earth had shamans Ben and there were in, in on primitive prehistoric earth there were many many of these shamans and the shamans got a glimpse of the future the dark dark horrible gross future of the universe <laughs> And they were like, well, what the bloody heck are we going to do about that? And then one of them said, I have a brilliant idea. Have you ever heard of the actress Alison Mack? (laughs) She has come to me with a proposal. And her proposal was, we'll all get together. And I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll do a suicide. We'll all do a suicide at the same time. And then we'll be reborn into a golden god of humanity's potential. You got me. So that's what they did. With Alison Mack. They all did. No, no, Alison Mack wasn't involved. That was just a little joke that I threw in. Ah, I see. It's a kind of running gag I've been doing through this whole episode is constantly referring back to horrible person Alison Mack <laughs> because she real life indoctrinated people into a gross cult. Benjamin, so they did that. They did a suicide and they were reborn as the Emperor Ben. Oh. And the Emperor Ben, unlike many of these cult figures, has real powers. Fair. He is the embodiment of humanity's psychic potential. And he's the best. He, he's a paragon, Ben. He's a paragon in everything. So he's perfect. He's perfect in every way, except nice. he might be a bit of a prick. Except he might be a bit what? A bit of a prick. A bit of a prick. Yeah, he might be a bit of a prick because he's so perfect. So anyway, Ben, he came up with this plan to save humanity from its gross and horrible future. But he's betrayed by some of his own creations and the powers of chaos, Ben. And he's withered away into a husk, uh, a gross husk, which is barely kept alive on a throne. Damn it. And the most interesting thing, Ben, is a council forms around him. And it's this council who decide how to interpret the words Uh, and thoughts of the Emperor, which results in the horrible, gross time that is the Warhammer 40,000 universe. So the Roman Catholic Church gets hold of a desiccated corpse and then starts making orders. It could be the Roman Catholic Church. It's very heavily based on the Roman Catholic Church because it's all about bishops and archlectors. And um, it, it is basically what happens when there was this golden god who was genuinely seemed to exist purely for the betterment of humanity and he dies and his corpse is used as the kind of power base of this gross bureaucratic self-serving racist xenophobic awful uh, organisation oh dear but then people live their lives in complete servitude to it, Ben. But some of the most interesting characters in Warhammer fiction are the ones who have a bit of a kind of, ah, yeah, you know yourself, but not really, attitude. Michael, would you have recommended reading for anyone who wanted to learn more about that? N- n- no. Damn because it. I can't recommend it as it's not a wonderful story. And I'll say this over and over again, Ben, anytime I give it an opportunity. The story of the Warhammer universe isn't a fantastic story. There. It's a fantastic setting. 
It does work very well. You can you can read if you want this the Horus Heresy series of books, which is a, a collection of books is probably about forty novels deep at this oh, stage. Oh God! Which de- which chronicles the entire period of the Emperor. Oh from my his, God! From his birth on primordial Earth all the way up and past his uh, enthroning on this gross throne that keeps him alive no it's too much sorry you lost me you are, it's, a, it's a bit much I wouldn't be too I wouldn't be too pushed if I were you but it, it's a fascinating concept if not a, a fantastic story to be part of yeah sounds good sounds good Michael Go what an interesting little space cult episode we've had oh which you did very well there well done us oh uh, uh, okay and do you have more no no? Okay, well, that's good. Let's go Let's go drink some Kool-Aid together, Michael. Okay, Ladies we'll go drink and gentlemen. Kool-Aid. Yes? Not you, the listeners. Not oh, the listeners, yeah. I've, I've our followers, them. our devoted, <laughs> devoted, <laughs> devoted followers. Devoted followers. That's gross, Ben. Yeah, sorry, lads. Sorry. Uh, to our lovely listeners, what are your favourite space cults? Yeah, did we miss any? say any on the, on the Instagram, Ben? Yeah, you can find us all over the place, lads. If you want to get, no, in touch I'm asking. Did, did people? Did people? Did people tell us some on the Instagram, Ben? Yeah, let us know. You can find us at Showmrebuog. S e o m r a b e e g. Did people tell us some on the internet? Oh, the sorry, I missed that completely. What's I have your headphones your turned brains? down, Michael, so that we don't get cross-channel contamination. Uh, okay, but now you can't hear me. Uh, well, I can hear you, but I. I I can't hear your lovely dulcet tones in the same way that I would like to, Michael. It doesn't have the direct authoritative bent uh, that I have. We only really have the one Michael comment from Instagram, which was uh, from good friend of the podcast, Puppin Riker, the one that justified the making of Picard. Ah, very good. Yeah, people didn't like Picard that much. No, Picard didn't do well in the end. No, not 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 wonderfully popular. Weird Star Trek cult that got it made, um, but that was it from the from the listeners. But it's not too late, ladies and gentlemen. We could always make a space cults part two if you let us know your favorite space cults. You can get in touch with us in a number of ways. You can find us on the interwebs at www.shomrebug.com. Means tiny room in Irish. Or you can find us on the Instagram at shomrebug. It kind of still means tiny room in Irish. It doesn't really mean tiny room in Irish, but it means small room. It means small room. But for the purposes of marketing, we're going to call it the tiny room. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, you can get in touch with us in those two places. If you are listening to us on yeah, Spotify, what's wrong with you? on oh, Apple yeah. Podcasts, on yeah. Google Podcasts, on yeah. YouTube, yeah, plenty of those places. consider giving us some kind of review or feedback in the form of a little thumbs up and a subscribe on the YouTubes. Yeah. A bloody YouTube, review with a star rating on the Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. A bloody review with some star ratings on the Google Podcasts. And yeah. the best way that you can get our podcast out there, if you enjoy it on Spotify, is just share it in your Instagram story to all your Give panels. it a little share. Give it a little share. Or send it directly. Or send it directly. Mm. Do that. Ladies and gentlemen... If you haven't had enough of us this week and you'd like a little bit more, there's a new episode of Collecting Issues that's already come out. You can check it out on Harrow County. Please. Ooh, so spooky. It's very spooky. Very spooky. Please join us in one week's time where we're going mm. to be talking about the Cold War aesthetic and how it influenced pop culture. Yeah, it's all about sexy spies. It's all about sexy spies with thick, thick accents. Da. Yeah, and that's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. And that's for Dan, yeah.